weiß Bescheid. Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught. Welcome back to the Mental Mastery Alliance. Today I have with us a fantastic guest, a friend of mine, actually a guy I've known for quite some time. Um, I don't think we've ever actually connected maybe once or twice, um, like on the phone or, or phone calls, but to me it seems like this would be the first time we've actually talked, even though we've chatted back and forth for well over two or three years. And with the pandemic, who even knows? It, we, could, we could have been friends for five or ten years because everything's kind of just a big blur right now. But... It's a hot topic because living in Canada, it's it's almost like we're prisoners in, in our state. We don't know what the rules are. And every time we hear about the rules, they seem to change. So to have somebody who has experienced travel, who has left the country woo-hoo, without a vaccine and who's come back in and who has uh, the ability to articulate his story... Uh, I'm pretty happy to have him on the show, and I know that you guys will be too. Uh, it's not—it's not a huge story. Like, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, going through. You're like, okay, well, we've done it, right? But to everyone that's afraid to make a move or to do a travel or to do anything because they just don't know what's coming, 
Hopefully this episode will help you with that. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me. Welcome to the show, Art Barube. How are you doing today, buddy? Hey, man, I'm great. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. This this is our first time speaking, isn't it? Uh, I think we've had a couple phone calls. Oh, okay. Over the years. It's been a while, though. Yeah, that's for that, sure. I think that is funny. I mean, I think the timeline with regards to how COVID is, and I mean, you and I uh, got connected through a crypto group, like, God, mm-hmm. got to be like 2018. Something like that, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. So, so life is good with you then? Life is okay? Well, I'm back in Canada now, so it's not as good as it was in Mexico. You, so but Yeah, life is great. <laughs> so were you down there for business or did you have to travel for personal pleasure? Did you just do it to see if you could get out? What's the story? Well, actually, I decided in October with all the madness happening in Canada, I had decided that I was going to uh, sell everything, give everything away, whatever that I have in Canada, um, get my plane ready. Yeah. And I was going to fly my own plane down to Mexico and just stay in Mexico. Right. And then I started getting messages from people, telephone calls or people dropping by to visit, asking me, how can I go to Mexico? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to get in my own plane and go. Right. And they're like, yeah, but don't you have to be vaccinated? And I'm like, it's my own plane. I'm the pilot. Like, <laughs> who's going to ask me for a vaccine record? Yeah. Or a QR code or any of that jazz. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, can you take us with you? Good question. And I'm like, huh, I never thought about that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, sure. Doesn't matter. That seats, you know, you can sit in the plane. And so... And the conversation evolved to um, there's a lot of people who would like to go and return. You know, they don't necessarily want to move out of Canada, but especially in our long six month winter, would like to escape for a while. Right. And, um, you know, or even continue doing some traveling, even though the governments of the world seem to have something else in mind. They still like to travel, see friends, uh, do things they were doing before the uh, pandemic. So then that kind of changed to, since I have younger kids anyway, I have daughters that are uh, 12 and 13 and I should be regularly spending time with them. Although I was thinking of having them coming to visit me in Mexico, right? uh, but they're not vaccinated either. Uh, So then I'm just thinking, well, if I have people who are willing to help pay for fuel, well then that lowers my costs. I can fly back and forth. I could, you know, see my kids here, do a little bit of business in Canada, go back to Mexico, you know, hang out for a month or whatever, and, you know, just go back and forth and live both lives. I love that. So, so then the plans changed. So then in December, I applied, I wanted a temporary residency in Mexico. I don't qualify for permanent residency, but I qualified for temporary residency. Was there a so big I process my application. in that? The process wasn't that hard. So um, things were going to change for January. So in December, I decided that I would go wherever. So I went to Vancouver. I actually had to drive to Vancouver. And um, they wanted six months of statements. And being self-employed, you know, my business income coming into my proprietorship, you know, my own bank account with my name on it, well, that, that was employment. Um, and then they wanted a letter from an employer that said I could work remotely 
so um i have i do contract work so kind of like an employer so i wrote up a letter and they signed it and so then i had a letter saying that i'm doing work uh that i can work remotely which obviously i'm doing even when i'm in edmonton mm-hmm. and so i went and applied and they said yeah you know here's your temporary residency and uh, i was working on my plane pilot certifications all that kind of jazz um, working on some other certifications for other businesses. So I have like four or five businesses running these days. And so I've been very busy and my plane hasn't been ready to go to Mexico. The temporary residency, once you get it from outside of Mexico, you have six months to go to Mexico to do the second portion. Okay. So I'm like, well, you know, maybe in six months things will change. My plane will be ready, whatever, whatever. And so those things weren't falling together. So it's like, well, I am guess I'm going to book a flight to Mexico and see what happens. So people were getting on planes with a vaccine record. Right. So I got myself a vaccine record and uh, booked a flight from Edmonton to Mazatlan via Vancouver and Mexico City with Aero Mexico. So, but from Edmonton to Vancouver was WestJet. And so vaccine record worked great for them. And then when I got to Vancouver, Aero Mexico said, we need you to have the federal QR code. Um, half the plane, the WestJet plane from Edmonton that went to Vancouver was actually looking to get on Aero Mexico. Okay. And we get to the boarding gate and then they're just telling everybody you have to have this qr code well, a lot of people had the alberta qr code but not one from the federal uh government which is very similar except the one only had the province of alberta logo on it and the other one had the alberta logo and the canadian logo on it hmm. the only difference so people are scrambling you know you just got 75 80 year old people who can't use their smartphone trying to figure out how they're going to go to this other website and get the proper QR code to get on the plane. Lucky they gave everybody a lot of time we hadn't noticed. And, and then they were scanning people's QR codes and then they're marking their boarding pass. So that way they knew who they had already checked to make sure that they had the valid QR code. And I'm like, well, I won't be able to get a valid QR code because you know, my paperwork ain't going to work that way. Yeah, but you can draw one with a crayon. That's um, about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I stood beside the wicket and I watched them literally scan everybody's QR code, and you know they scan it, wait for validation to come up, and then once they're that took you know a few seconds, then they would just mark everybody's boarding pass. And I was like, well, I ain't going to be able to do that. So I went to try to escape the airport. In Vancouver. If they're not going to let me on the plane, there's no use staying there. Right. But now I'm on the secure side of the airport, and you can't get out. <laughs> and they said, well, you got to wait until the staff from your flight, they will walk you out. They can walk you out. So I went back to them, and they said, yeah, but we can do that, but only after the flight leaves, after we're done our work here. And the flight was not boarding yet. And I'm like, well, man, I'm going to be waiting a long time here. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have the patience for that. So I, uh, I got out of the steer zone 
and walked down to a taxi and I got a taxi and I said, uh, can you take me to the border, please? Probably had carry on luggage. So I didn't have to worry about any of that part. Okay. And I took a taxi, dropped me off. I don't know. I guess it's about half a mile before the border, quarter mile before the border. And, uh, I didn't have a jacket with me cause I'm going to Mexico. Right. And I'm wearing sandals, a shirt. It's only like 10 degrees <laughs> about one o'clock in the morning. And so I'm walking up with my roll on luggage in the backpack to the drive, uh, driving lane at the border crossing. And the border agent's like, hold on, stay over there. He's like totally freaked out. Like, what are you doing walking? <laughs> back up, sir. At one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was back up, sir. I'm like, well, the light's green to come up. He said, yeah, but you're not in a vehicle. How did you get here? I'm like, well, I took a taxi and then I walked. Yeah. So he had a few questions for me. He was wondering why, hey, why I wanted to enter the U.S. And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to Mexico. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, why are you going to Mexico? I said, well, I'm going to get temporary residency. He says, are you going to move there? I said, no, that's my plan B. Things keep on getting crazier in Canada. He says, well, what's your plan A, staying in the United States? I said, no, I have businesses and family and stuff in Edmonton, in Canada. So he looked at me, looked up my record, you know, the regular thing, and gave me my passport back and said, I had a good day. Non-vaxxed. So they just I walked. walked across the border. They didn't ask or care or anything like that. They didn't ask or mention anything about a negative test or a vaccine or any of that jazz. No, oh, amazing. And yeah, so then I just walked into Blaine and found the motel, booked a flight from Seattle to LAX to Mazatlan, and uh, then took Greyhound to Seattle and flew out of Seattle. Had no issues. Well, got down to Mazatlan. Second day I was there, I went to process my paperwork for my temporary residency. Was there at like 9 a.m. to do that? And there's a few steps. So you, you get paperwork there and then you got to fill out the paperwork. You have to pay, you have to go to the bank with their form that they give you. Mm-hmm. And you have to make a payment for the temporary residency, but they have to make, you have to make it in cash at the bank. And then you come back and you bring your receipt uh, with your paperwork. And then they process it, and I was done by 11 a.m. And what I had to print it out, my ID card. And yeah. What does temporary residency give you? Like, what, what was the benefit to doing that? Well, with temporary residency, I can stay in Mexico as long as I want. Mm-hmm. So when you first get it, it's valid for one year. So I could stay in Mexico for the whole year. And then in the last month before it expires, I have to renew it. So if I'm still in Mexico, obviously I could just renew it. If I'm not in Mexico, I have to go back. So I'm going to have to go back. And then you don't, you can't get a job there. Um, but you can open up a bank account, that kind of thing. And, but you can stay as long as you want, especially nowadays. There's lots of talk where when people are coming in, they're only getting 30, 60 or 90 days on a visitor visa. This allows you to stay whatever amount of time you want. I know a few people that have gone down to Mexico and gotten the 30 day or whatever it is, but they, they didn't care. Like their intention was to set up shop in Mexico. What, you know, from your research, what's your take on that? Well, what I've seen and talked to people down in Mexico is that those who go down and their visitor visa expires, 
there is a process that they're still doing that they started because of COVID where they're giving those people permanent residency. Okay. But they have to go through like a lawyer type guy down there mm-hmm. and somebody does specific paperwork. Maybe they have connection with the, the embassy or with the government or whatever. And yeah, immigration. So if you're down there and like you, like you can't go, you can't just show up and, and chill for like three months without proper paperwork. And if you get what, so I would assume that if you get caught or if you try to leave or whatever, then, you know, you're, you're out. They don't, they don't play it with that. So when you go to leave, they check your paperwork to see how long you've been there. Right. So there's that part. And also if you don't have paperwork on you, there are some people who have been detained and exported. Or, yeah. So that's like a free flight home. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, except it might be you have, you stay in jail until you got your flight. It's uh, when my deported. when my father was younger. That was he was over in uh, in England, and he got he wanted he needed to come back to Canada. He didn't have any money, so he specifically got himself deported. <laughs> There you go, and that worked out cool. That was a fun That's story, a fun story for him to to tell around the table. But yeah, I mean, there's so many things about people, and there's so many things going on with regards to Canada right now. And like again, we don't know what's coming. Like Trudeau is just so weird, you know. So well, and there's not only that, and there's the rest of the world. So one thing about the temporary residency is I'm a resident of Mexico. Yeah. So let's say money talks or whatever comes next turns into COVID round two and Mexico actually does shut down. So they didn't, they didn't shut down during COVID, but let's say whatever it is that comes next, they do shut down as a resident. I can still enter. Mm-hmm. So I still continue to have a place to vacation, let's say. And there's, there's a lot of people that are listening to this right now that don't necessarily have access to your funds or, you know, that sort of thing. So, that, like, but I know you would have done a ton of research on all of this. So the idea of walking across the border was pretty brave too. I mean, from what we've been told, I guess that, uh, you know, that, that, that's a totally different thing. Cause I mean, nobody ever mentioned the fact that the borders got reopened in Canada. Right. Uh, it was just flying. It was just flying out. And it's also in, in like people that aren't in Canada right now that lots of listeners uh, are listening to this. We aren't allowed on a train or a plane or anything like that inside our own country. We can't get on these things. We can go to any sporting event we want. That's right. Yeah. But we're not allowed to get on the planes. But like you said, you had your that's piece right. of, you had your piece of paper that back in the day allowed you into restaurants and then now allows you onto trains and planes for inter Canadian flying. The the just the, the printing. Mm-hmm. Um so you did this. This was this that, that's kind of what fascinated me. So coming back you needed to have an arrive can to get back into Canada as far as, as far as everyone understands it. And how did, how did the return trip work out for you? Well, it's a return trip. So of course I knew that they're going to want the arrive scam app done or the app uh, done somehow. Um, I had done some research, um, to fly. So I wanted to fly directly to Edmonton. I didn't want to land in Calgary or Vancouver. Um, seemed to be a lot more restrictions landing at those locations. And then also if I landed somewhere like that and they really wanted me to quarantine, well, how do I quarantine my way from Calgary to Edmonton? Mm -hmm. I thought that'd be a challenge. So I wanted to land right in Edmonton. Uh, So I had to fly through the U S 
um, and basically Seattle. There's a few places that come direct to Edmonton, but not many. So I flying through the U.S., you needed a negative uh, a negative test result, so a PCR test. Mm-hmm. So I got that in Mexico. And what's that involved with? Like, what, what is it, the, the thing up your nose? Something like that. That's what I hear, yeah. Oh, so that... So you see, that's what you hear. Like you didn't do the PCR test. I have a piece of paper that says I did. <laughs> Christ, eh? I love it. So I have not had a single COVID test since the beginning of COVID. Right. My main business before COVID was entertainment. Yep. I lost a million dollars of income due to COVID. I'm complying with very little of their BS. I remember too that you got slapped with a ton of fines and you like you basically gave the middle finger to all of them, which was kind of a funny thing. Then you did that publicly. Has has there Yeah, been, I, I have uh, forty thousand dollars worth of fines from Alberta Health Services, yeah. Is there any backlash on that yet or are you still quote unquote waiting for a court date? Oh, there's no court date. So it's, it's just just a fine? They you they just just a fine and they say they found you guilty and this is your problem and too bad. It sucks to be you. So, and I'm like, come on over and get it. You know where I live. <laughs> a friend of mine actually just posted on Facebook. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up here. She was dealing with a similar thing. Um, I'm not 100% sure that I can find it right away. But I'm going to try and do this without giving any dead air. And she was talking about... Sure. Yeah, she was talking about how the same, a very similar thing happened and that... Um, they gave her, or she got an email. So it said, uh, I refuse to give in and pay uh, the fake fines in Canada the public health handed me in 2001 for refusing their unconstitutional uh, hotel quarantine and fake PCR. This is Chelsea um, Boissonneau. Sorry if I've, I've, I've messed that up, but I'll, I'll do what I can there. Uh, and she says... Mm-hmm. While I was actually excited to represent myself in court the next month, I'm definitely not surprised they canceled it. Why dismiss the charge, though? Uh, they have no leg to stand on, and honestly, the judge throughout my four hearings was on my side. She was for the Constitution, not the government-mandated agenda. That's inspiring to see. There are people in power standing standing in their power, and it makes me uh, makes me do makes me do so even more. Uh, I knew the hotel quarantine was unconstitutional. I knew the PCR test was as well, not to mention they can't prove it to say, they can't prove it to even say a virus exists. I had no, uh, and encourage you all to use your no uh, more as they keep pushing their agenda. So say no more, more and more. Uh, Canada is where it's at due to polite Canadians acquiescing to the government uh, who they think is actually in charge of the country don't like where Canada is headed, then stop acquiescing. Well, that actually makes sense. If you don't like what's going on, stop agreeing. Um, but she sends this email, right. and it said, "Please yeah. find attached a letter from the Crown Council. The trial, your final trial date of July twenty or July fourteenth, twenty twenty two, has been canceled. If you have any questions or concerns, please reply to this email." So that's kind of the same kind of the same spot that you're in. So you know they'll they'll push and push and push. I can only assume, and then cancel. But if you comply, they'll take it and they'll keep you living in fear. For sure. Yeah. 100%. And the thing is, is you can't believe how many Canadians, and probably Canada is the worst country for this in the world, believe that the government is actually looking out for your best interest. That's madness. Madness. 
And we've had evidence of that for the last 50 years that it's not true. And now that all of a sudden we have this scare, then, oh, we better, the government's going to protect us. And even people from countries, you know, they come from third world countries or whatever, where they go, we know we can't trust the government. Then they get here. Oh yeah, but we can trust Canada's government. We can trust this one. It's like the governments, they're all in it for themselves. Yeah. They're not in it for us. No, no, we're just, we're just, I mean, the more, the more it plays out, the more you understand it. But we, we touched on something a little bit earlier. So you flew in, uh, you flew into Edmonton directly. And so then you, you would have to have shown your arrive can or what have you when you got in here. So in Seattle, uh, they demanded the arrive cam scam. So then what I did is, um, I took my tablet and I used a browser and I did a search for arrive cam. And I wanted to do it on the browser. I didn't want to download an app. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it on the browser. And so it asks for your details, for example, your passport number, date of birth, that kind of jazz. I gave it all that and verified my account. I had set up this account online and check it with my email. And then they wanted a phone number to where I am going to be um, isolating or whatever, or staying once I get to Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you know this phone number, but I used the 780-555-1212. The old 555, eh? Yeah. And then they wanted the address to where I'm going to be staying. And I put in 123 My Street. Literally, My Street. (laughs) Edmonton. Postal code was T-O-H-O-H-O. Two ho ho. And um, and then it gave me a number. And then uh, I was like, hey, as long as I get on a plane, I don't care. Because I know my rights once I get to Canada. Like, they can't refuse me entry. I'm a Canadian citizen. Right. So fly to Edmonton. Get off the plane in Edmonton. In Edmonton, we have these kiosks that kind of automate the immigration process. Right. And so I went up to this kiosk that asked to take your picture and whatever else. Now, when it asks to take your picture, it asks you to remove your sunglasses and your hat. Or sorry, glasses and hat. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't wearing a hat, so I didn't remove my hat. They want, they wanted us to wear a mask deplaning the plane in Edmonton. So I was like, well, this is a great place. It didn't say to take off my mask, so I'm not taking my, off my mask. So I took my picture. And then the lady, so then there's some somebody kind of like a checker, like when you do self-checkout, and they just check to make sure that you did it right, like that you got the proper piece of paper from the machine. And she's like, you didn't take off your mask. I said, they didn't tell me to. She said, those machines are old. I'm like, yeah, COVID has like been a couple of years old. I don't work for you guys. Yeah. She says, next time, make sure you take off your mask. I said, next time, I'm following directions. <laughs> she wasn't overly happy with me. Obviously. So and then I went, went, you know, followed the corridors and got to finally the wickets. And because I didn't have any check baggage, I was one of the first off the plane. So there's a bunch of wickets available there for um, border agents. Mm-hmm. And then they asked actually discussed amongst them who would get me. 
as the first customer. And it turns out there was somebody in training. And I often like to deal with somebody in training because I, I think you always find out stuff you would never find out otherwise. Right. So I go to this training guy and he tell me he's training and it's great. Yeah, you know, you're training. And also I had turned on, I, have, I carry two cell phones, both cell phones. I, I, I was recording the conversation because I thought I was going to have some interesting conversation along the way. Right. So I'm like, hey, you're training. That's great. Cool. He says, yeah, I used to have a different job. So I've been working with border security for quite a while, but this, I'm new at this job. So I'm like, oh, cool. And so I had checked off that uh, I had food. I like to check off something that I have. I have something that I'm not supposed to have when you're entering. Right. Well, I bought too much or whatever it is. I always put something in there. Mm-hmm. And so I had bought food. And so I go up to the wicket and they're like, yeah, it says here you checked off. You have, you bought, you have food. I'm like, yeah, I bought licorice at the airport. I didn't finish. I had bought some nuts at the airport in Mexico. I didn't finish. I have some chips I bought at the airport. They gave me some pretzels. I have them in here. They gave me orange juice in the plane and I, I didn't end up drinking this. So I just put it in my bag. And I'm just going on with this list of stuff. And buddy just looks at me. Yeah. yeah, Okay. That's what you got. That's okay. (laughs) Check mark. And then they go, um, he goes to his trainer. He's like, Oh, what's this character here? And the guy goes, Oh, that means he's been selected for a random rapid test. A random, I think I'm a random rapid test. Yeah. So you, because you can be selected for a random when you enter into Canada. My God. Vaccinated or not. But I think that everybody who's not vaccinated, I think they all get selected for the random test. So <laughs> Randomly, um, of course. Randomly. Yes. Um, but the interesting part, buddy asked, what's this for? And the guy says, that's what it's for. You know, his trainer. That's what it's for. But in Edmonton, we're not set up to do random or to do rapid tests. <laughs> So to me, that's something I would never learn to go into any other kiosk. Right. Because they would have looked at that. They would have said, oh, it says this and no. So to me, that reinforces coming in through Edmonton, especially if you're in the Edmonton area, it is the best way to do it. Do well, you, you know? Well, it's chaos. And here's the fun thing. Like, I mean, anyone traveling right now in Canada, uh, there was, a, I think it was Ray Whitney put a, put a post up on the, on, about Pearson Airport. And it's chaos. It was like nine hours he was stuck there. And this was right. this was trying to get into to Buffalo or wherever it was. I don't remember exactly what his details were, but in in Canada, if you're in Toronto, I mean, you can go to the Hamilton Airport, get a puddle jump over to Edmonton, and fly out from Edmonton. And if anything, this sort of cascades that. Like it, from having this conversation with you, if I were to ever leave, which eventually I will, you know that that sounds to me like the way to go because it doesn't sound to me like they're gonna they're gonna be um, forgiving anytime soon like they just had a vote they just upheld the the same laws like the archaic laws we are the only country that is still covid style mandates throughout the whole thing like it's it's chaos and it's not just affecting those who aren't vaccinated it's affecting those who are are vaccinated the 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 random spot test of this that the the absurdity of invading your personal privacy like they're just getting people used to it here and Right. To me, it's like, this is just a slippery slope, you know, like what comes next? Because, and I don't want to be a doomsday naysayer or what have you, but like, it's just really weird unless somebody does something about something like we are in 
we are in for it. And it's not like voting out Trudeau is going to do anything because they're all the, the left and right wing are the same bird, right? It's the same bullshit, the same problem. Yeah, nothing's going to change. I, I keep on saying that nothing's going to change in Canada until the lead flies. So in other words, there's going to be something that happens and the whole system comes down and we have a fresh reboot. I have a very strong feeling that that's actually underway right now. Like these guys have to be aware, like watching what they've done with regards to gun control and all that sort of stuff. It's absurd. It's absurd that they think that, that, that legislating guns is going to stop people from having guns. And it's not even a matter of well, that. Like, and it's, it's absurd to think that the criminals are going to quit using guns because they're, they're, they're legislators. I post, guns. I like, posted a meme where it's a bunch of guys in masks and guns. And they're like, Hey, you coming with us on that job? And the, the, the second part of the meme is a guy holding the book of law and scratching his head with his gun going, I don't know. Let me just check up on the new gun laws. <laughs> And I'm like, well, exactly right. That's not going to happen. Like, what was that? You know, when they outlaw guns, only only outlaws will have guns, right? And so all these people are, are, you know, if you think about the school shootings, if you think about this, that, anything, which I personally think, ninety nine out of nine, ninety nine point nine percent are all fabricated to push a narrative. Um, but that's, you know, yeah, that's, I think that's very possible. That's yeah. that's wagering into conspiracy talk now, right? So I mean, geez, that that makes me, that makes me public enemy number one. I mean, my podcast and my my Instagram and my my Facebook, like I am constantly being flagged and targeted and warned and all that sort of stuff. So, my reach is minimal. Yeah. I just did a podcast with a good friend of mine up in Ottawa, the the uh, the Launchpad podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't heard from it or heard about it, check it out. He's really good. Again, I go up on on YouTube and I get pulled down. So whenever whenever I try to be on YouTube, it just doesn't work. And this is the thing. We've got all of these people pushing all of these narratives um, and and all of these conglomerates are involved. So if you've got a voice, if you've got a message, if you want to get your message heard, you're still at the whim of these these entities, these these platforms. I don't also I don't believe in parlor. I don't believe in all these other ones that are supposedly free speech. I don't I think to me it's all just bullshit, right? So stick to what you know and do your best to navigate through their bullshit, but get your message out. This is how I'm looking at it. And I think it's yeah, and well, and that's what I'm doing, right? Like, yeah, not only talking about it, do it, you know, get in. Well, and that's and, why, and that's why I ended up walking across the border, is because I had a mission. Yeah, I'm getting to Mexico. How I'm getting there? Well, Plan A was the flight that I bought. Mm-hmm. But if that doesn't work, it's going to be Plan B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever. I don't even know how to sneak across the border. And so. Whatever is just going to happen. There's a lot of people. Next. Yeah. And this, this is why I like this episode here, because there's a lot of people that don't have the financial ability to, to, to change course in that sense. But what they could take from this would be like, just get into the States and fly out from the States. Just get out of Canada. Like, you know, that's one of those things. When, yeah. Once you're out of Canada, it's, it's, it's free sailing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now the other thing is about getting out of Canada or even coming into Canada is I've been saying it for quite a while and it, it's been proving more and more all the time is I find BC is a lot like California yeah, and Ontario is a lot like New York. So if you're coming and leaving, don't use those two provinces. I would it agree seems with that. the worst. Yeah. They, they seem righteous and, the, and like they're going to save the world by making sure they really enforce these whatever regulations or whatever they think is going to help them today. Well, vaxxed or not vaxxed, I mean, Pearson Airport is a zoo. So there's no point in even dicking with that one. If you're in Ontario, get into Hamilton. Fly out of Hamilton. Not out of the country, but fly sure. over to somewhere. Fly to Montreal. Fly to fly to Edmonton, you know, and then and then plan your escape from there. Uh, plan your escape. Right, or even try <laughs> driving across the border. Walk across the border, whatever. I had a friend of mine, actually. 
Yeah, she she hired a limo service, drew, drove her into Buffalo, and then uh, and they flew out of there. Yeah. So there I mean, you go. Right. But there, you know, there are people that have the money to do that. There are people that don't have the money to do that. So, right. it- but even like in Vancouver from Seattle, Greyhound offers a service that goes through Seattle and Portland, and it literally comes into Canada and picks people up, and then takes them across the border into the U.S. And that's fascinating too, because Greyhound has been in Canada mm-hmm. forever. But due to COVID, they have removed all of their busing lines out of Canada. Greyhound is now no right. longer in Canada, which is crazy to That's think. Correct. It's crazy to think that, you know, they just looked at this and they're like, you know what? We're not going to deal with this. We, we don't have the, 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 the fortitude to handle what it is that you're pushing our way, government, and the mandates and the this and the that. So they just up and left after <laughs> decades of being here doing business. Right. Yeah. So... With this, I don't know how much time you got left, but this brings me to another point that you mentioned. You are in Canada with an airplane that has the capability of flying down to Mexico. Are you going to be utilizing this? Is this going to be an option for, like, could I get into your plane and just dip? So, as a private pilot, I cannot charter. Okay. What I can do, though, is I can let you know, hey, I'm going, you know, second week of July. Mm-hmm. I'm flying down to Mexico. I have three seats extra. If you want to come along, you know, you can share the cost. You can, you can sit in one of these three seats. So what, what's the difference between that and chartering? Well, so a charter, you know, you call me up and you say, Hey, I want to go to Mexico. I want to leave on Tuesday. Um, you know, I want to get there on Wednesday, let's say. Yeah. Or you call me up and you say, Hey, uh, I want a, a flight from, Edmonton I'm going to use because I'm here. I want a flight to Grand Prairie. Can you give me a flight to Grand Prairie? Mm -hmm. I can't do that. But if I'm already going to Grand Prairie for one of my businesses, if I'm going to Lethbridge for work or whatever, I can say, hey, uh, you know, I'm going from Edmonton to Lethbridge. Anybody wants to come for a ride, they can come. So is there any difference in you? I have to have a reason for me to go. Okay. So is is, is there any difference in you having a reason to go to Mexico and back every other week? And then you just sort of, people are just aware of what you're doing and they join you. Well, I already have a reason to do that, which is my seeing my kids, you know, my, how would you say it? Yeah. My access, my court ordered access is every second week. Um, and though I'm, I'm looking to modify that because practically it's, it's, it's a, a very regular flight. Um, now, but with that said, so flying my Aztec to Mexico, let's say there's a couple of things you can do, but let's say I can fly from Edmonton, land in the States somewhere, fuel up, fly to Mazatlan. So it would be two five-hour flights. Okay. Plus a stop in the middle. Um, but when you're going... You know, let's say you're going aero. So that's, let's say that's a 12 hour total to get to Mazatlan with my plane. Mm-hmm. You can fly from Edmonton with WestJet to Vancouver, aero Mexico from Vancouver to Mexico City, and then aero Mexico from Mexico City to Mazatlan. It's 16 hours. Right. For me, I just would drive up to the hangar, which is essentially a shop. 
and put our stuff in the plane, push the plane out. I do some checks, make sure it's full of fuel and off we go. When we land at an airport, let's say if we're doing customs in the U S for example, if I was going to to the U S um, you land at an airport that has customs available. And so it can't just be any airport. So, but an airport with customs available, you land the plane, you taxi over to an area, you wait in your plane and they come up with, they come out with a Geiger counter. I don't know why Geiger <laughs> counter, but anyways, they come up and they check your plane for radiation. And then they process your paperwork right on the plane or they ask you to bring your passport and walk into their little office and, it's just whoever's in the plane, border agent dude, you do your thing, takes five, ten minutes, fuel up the plane and off you go. Huh. So that seems pretty simple. What if you've got like some sort of a criminal record? Do you think that that would impact you touching down and flying out again? Into the U.S., I think so. So that's actually why one of the reasons my plane's not ready right now is um, trying to get some tick tanks on it so that I can fly uh, direct from Lethbridge to Mexicali nonstop. So not having to stop in the U S yeah, the U S to me is, is just, I just don't trust it. There's so much that's going on in there that, that anyone and can things say, have changed. you know, throughout this whole pandemic, things have changed in the U S where there was times where landing a private plane in the U S was okay, but then it wasn't and back and forth and different stories. And the thing is, is if you don't have to land, you don't have to worry about any of that. Right. So I'm more looking to the future. Like right now, it's not a problem landing in the U.S. with a private plane. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm getting prepared for not being able to. Yeah. Now, if that doesn't come to fruition, I'm still not going to lose anything. I'm going to have a plane with a better range. 100%. And in, instead of flying from Edmonton to Lethbridge, fueling up in Lethbridge and flying to Mexico, to Mexicali, which is right at the border, and then flying to Mazatlan in three flights like that, I would fly from Edmonton to somewhere, let's say Nevada. Heal up in Nevada and then fly to Mazatlan. So I have a question for you then. If I said, all right, buddy, good old buddy, good old pal, come pick me up. How much would it cost for me? How much would I have to give you in these uh, dollar increments to come grab me from some airport in Toronto and fly over to Edmonton? I don't know. Like I'd have to do some flight planning and seeing, you know, and the thing is, is I can share a portion of my cost. So I can't, because it's not a charter, right? I can't charge you my total cost. So I can't charge you, let's say plane, uh, the full plane rental and a full fuel fee. Well, I'm not, I'm, you know, whatever. I'll you transfer you some and I'll throw you some shoebox money. Like I'm not, you know, I, I'm just saying like, how, like what would it cost, you know, out the door, you know, me, whatever, getting out there, do you, like ballpark. I don't know. I know just for fuel. So Canada is really big. Most people don't realize how big it is. Yeah. So even with my tip tanks, I can't make it to Toronto in one flight. Wow. And it cost me $2,000 over to uh, about $2,000 right now. I think it is to fuel up my plane from empty. So it's four G's to like there and back four G's in fuel one way, four G's in fuel one way. Yeah. It's just cheaper to get on a plane. <laughs> it is for sure. But if you can't get on a plane. Yeah. You know, so for example, you could fly, you could charter a jet from Edmonton to Mazatlan direct. 
Yeah. You can do that. $60,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a few friends that, you know, that say with the these, these friends are very luxurious people and they they say things like I refuse now to fly anything other than private. So, yes. You know, and that's that's they're like that's what they're saying, 60 80 grand depending on where you want to go and this that and the other thing. And he says it seems ludicrous, but you know, when you've got millions, it doesn't even really matter. And if there's two of you going, the, the hell do you guys care about 30 Gs? Like most people don't, you know, and they just get to where they're going and be done with it. So, I mean, there's so and many. And when you look at the fact that you don't have to go through security, nobody gets cops a feel, you yeah. don't have to take your shoes off, whatever, blah, 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 that they want to make you do. You don't have to be two hours early and hang out for a couple hours, um, transfers, all this jazz, and you leave at the time you want. Yeah. And that really, yeah. that that's really indicative of the fact that COVID is a poor people problem. It ain't a rich people problem. Yeah, and yeah, I don't, yeah, for sure. All the rich people I know, they're still doing life as, as normal. Yeah. The other thing I would say is I know lots of business owners having a few businesses myself. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of business owners are not vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the more, the more it comes out, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just, this is just the thing. This is just what's happening. And it, and it, it it blows me away. It floors me to think that, you know, we do what we have to do, or we say, you know, we do what we think we have to do. We have, and then, not only that, but like we, the population, police ourselves, and we shit on people that don't do this, and we criticize, and we point, and we report people, and all that sort of stuff. Like, we, the people, are are literally policing ourselves into into extinction. <laughs> and it's funny. It's the, it's it's the equivalent. The, the most visual equivalent is somebody at Walmart directing you to use the self checkout instead of the the checkout that they're paid to run you through, right? Like right. you're now getting paid to make yourself obsolete. And that's what's happening with, with these, with the, with these Karens out there, whatever, lack of a better term, you know, mandating these things and pushing these things and believing this stuff. And, and the real question for me though, in all of this is how is it possible that, you know, we've lived this long in this reality and this, in this life. And, you know, we'd never caught on to just how corrupt they were how corrupt the powers that be were like this whole illusion. I mean, you still hear people today talking about getting tested. Oh yeah. I got the sniffle. So I just tested myself to make sure when in the history of your life, have you ever tested yourself to see if you had the the flu, pneumonia, bronchitis, anything, anything. Right. But they're like, well, I think it, it comes down to, I believe that people are not able to change their mind when new information is presented to them. Yeah. So, they work so hard on proving themselves right. And they have to help other people believe the same thing so they can be right in, in a group of, you know, right people. Yeah. And, and I think that's where, when we look at, you know, like I mentioned, self-employed people or business owners, people tell me that Canada is not corrupt. is talked about around the world forever. And I've had people, I've met people from all over around the world from being on websites like Couchsurfing or HelpX and and that kind of stuff. And people from around the world tell me that Canada is not corrupt. And I'm like, these are the things as a business owner we face. Right. If this is not corruption, what is it? 
Corruption and extortion, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except they use the law. Well, well, just because you're using the law, however you feel like it, doesn't mean to me that it's not corruption. Well, there's a di- there's a massive difference between lawful and legal, which is basically what we talked about on last week, or yeah, last week's episode, or, or last episode, whenever this goes up. Uh, common law stuff, straw man stuff like that, right? And these are all just verbal contracts right. that we get into. Again, legality versus uh, um, legal and lawful, two entirely different things. We we agree to these these contracts, these these this bullshit. You know, taxation is theft through and through, right? But oh, it's only now yeah. becoming more aware that people are like, well, I'm not going to pay. Let's see what happens, you know? Uh, and, but right. that's, that's a huge but thing that's like, coming up. Example I had is because of COVID, my entertainment business was shut down. So one of the, you know, I started like, I don't know, worked on 10 different businesses during COVID. Mm-hmm. A couple of them stuck. One of them is pest control. Yeah. So started a pest control business. Now, I'm really good at marketing yeah. and I'm really good at SEO. So that's why I can do whatever I want. Cause you know, I can get found, whatever. It's not a big deal. I know how to use Google against themselves. So I set up a website within a month of setting up my website for pest control. I was in the top 10 results for almost my most searches in my areas. And then a year, and then also at the beginning, I was paying for um, Google AdWords. Right. So if you did a search, I came up at the top. Like I was paying, you know, ten dollars a freaking click or twenty dollars a click, depending on the search. Some of them were thirty-five dollars a click. Jeez. And so I was there. I was number one. I was like in the ads every day, day in, day out, for a few months. A year and a half later, Health Canada says, oh yeah, we regularly do scouring of the internet. Now, these people work in Edmonton, so it's Edmonton office. So we regularly do scouring of the internet, and we found you're a new business. So we want to ensure that you are in compliance. Well, this is weird because this is only a few months after I received a complaint that I did a, a treatment without wearing a mask. Oh, right. Yeah where, which is where I got my fines from, which the client's daughter studying public health at U of A decided that she needed to call Alberta Health Services, Occupational Health and Safety, Health Canada, whatever she could figure out. Now, I a thousand percent believe that they received a complaint, but yet they give me this bullshit line that, oh, we just did a search and found your business lately. So I'm left to believe either two things. One is you're very poor at your job because for six months I was definitely paying for Google ads and at the top of the results. So either you're very poor at your job or you're lying. It cannot be anything else. Right. Which one is it? I, it blows me away. They come and they bust your balls. So did that have, did they have to shut that business down? Is that what happened there? Or are you like, what's going on with that? I haven't shut it down yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're giving me a hard time still. So I've, I've been through Alberta health services. It was actually the easiest to deal with. Cause I literally told them on the phone to fuck themselves. Right. I had to do that to three, four people. And yeah. then no, they quit calling me. 
Um, I had a, a second and a third complaint for not wearing masks. And uh, occupational health and safety in, in Alberta here is still giving me grief. Um, they want me to give them a protocol that I use for dealing with disinfectation, disinfecting my our staff or ourselves and protecting our clients from COVID. And I said, I told them via email and on the phone that occupational health and safety is not supposed to be a political arm of the government and it's supposed to be based on science. And until they're going to provide me with some science that this masking and whatever else is going to work or taking this, you know, this hand sanitizer, which was not made to be applied to skin in the first place, which would need to be applied to a surface and the surface would have to stay wet with the hand sanitizer for like a minute for it to sanitize anything. And that's best case scenario. Somebody just putting a drop in your hands and kind of rubbing it and it's dry in 30 seconds. There's no way it's going to do anything except for affect your skin and give you psoriasis or something. Right. Dry you right out. It, it, so it, the crazy thing is like with this is pest control. You're talking about this is the pest control business. And yeah, you know, there are times where in pest control, like you spray, you spray for, for ants, rodents, whatever you spray. And yeah, there are times when you're spraying that you're like, I'm going to put a mask on like a, an actual mask. That's going to filter because I'm in a small space and I'm spraying. So I'm putting a mask on because this makes sense. Right. Right. So you can go there and if you choose not to wear that mask, well, spraying those chemicals, nobody's going to say shit. But if you don't put a paper, a piece of paper over your face, they're they're going to find you up to wazoo. Something that's completely fabricated versus something that's entirely real. They don't give a shit about right. whether or not you're wearing the proper mask to spray the quote unquote poison. They don't care if you are. You could tent a house and walk in there buck ass naked and they wouldn't give a shit. But you don't wear a piece of paper on your face and it's all over. Right. And then the thing with the masking is in the late nineties and early two thousands, I had a directional drilling company. We did oil and gas work and we had to take real safety courses on masking. You're basically the real mask. You're basically the Dos Equis guy, right? You just all these stories that keep coming up. I love it. The most it's like, I, I had to study. We had to study. We had to understand real masking situations. We had to wear air quality monitors on our bodies right? so that we don't die. Mm-hmm. So they teach us things about masks. For example, that this paper mask doesn't do anything, you know, and, and people are still going along. I know people who are, who have been safety um, officers for years who've had to study all the masking garbage. And now they're saying that, yes, this paper mask will stop COVID. I'm like, you guys are a little bit lost. How can you say that? And man? then we, it's not hard to do a little bit of research and find out that people who actually work in these labs with viruses or doctors when they're operating on people with viruses that are actually deadly or dangerous, yeah, they're not wearing any mask. They're actually using supplied air. Yeah, they're in full suits. Yeah. In like a space suit. Yeah. They're not wearing a paper N95 medical mask. And there's been studies around the world done that in operating rooms, when the physicians and the staff use 
a paper mask, that there's more incidence of infection in the patient than when they don't wear a mask. So when the patient's wearing a mask, they're rebreathing their own crap and they're getting infected. So no, the pa- it's not the patient wearing the mask, it's the doctor. The doctor, anesthesiologist, nurses, whatever. They're the ones. If they're wearing a mask, the patient has a better chance of an infection in their recovery. I wonder, I wonder how that works. Probably because well, they're rebreathing it. Breathing it. It's breathing and then, uh, you know, eventually it's dropping from their mask or whatever it's doing. That's true. And if they touch their mask in any way, shape or form and then re-engage the, the person, they've just now passed that to them. That's right. Yeah, that's crazy. So, but there's been, there's been a few studies on that done. Like it's not just one or two. There's quite a few studies and it's, we're talking thousands of patients that have been analyzed with this stuff. So, um, you know, the numbers have been like that. So the masking, we know doesn't work. It's dumb. There's no science supporting it. It's, it's, it's arbitrary. It's like, let's just see what these idiots will do. That's what I feel like they're doing with us. That's what it feels like to me. Oh, in Canada, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you and know, people are falling for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's upsetting, but at the same time, like it is what it is. I mean, I, I can't really get mad at it. So, um, and that's why we need a plan B, right? So for me, my plan B was Mexico. Yeah. I had a, I laugh. a girlfriend of mine went down to Mexico and she's probably listening to this episode right now uh, to get, to get away from all this. She had to sort of break free and, and uh, Mexico was, we had just gotten rid of our mask mandates, but Mexico still had theirs up for certain places like Walmarts and things like that. And she was frustrated all right. hell when she got down there. But you know, you've got cleaner air down there. You, you have very few chemtrails in the, in the sky The the, the food, I mean, people don't even talk about how, how fabricated our food is and how processed our Canadian food is. It's all of it is hurting each and every one of us. And it's just such a weird thing. And then when you start making these connections, I mean, you and I can go on for hours about this sort of stuff, but my question to you is, and we'll sort of wrap up on this note, but my question to you is uh, moving forward with regards to how the world is now working. Do you have an idea? Do you think that you, you know, do you have a a speculation as to the intent, where we're going, what we're doing? um, Or do you just, are you just kind of along for the ride? How you, how you view this? I'm curious. I just look at positioning myself in a way to handle whatever might come. Right. Multiple and streams. There's lots of speculation you can make on all kinds of sides, on all kinds of things that it can happen. And I'm just going to deal with it as it comes. Nice. Well, I definitely want to have you sleep over it, but Why? losing sleep over it is not going to help anyone. No, I mean, it's, our, it's like what's done is done. Like we can't even lose sleep over the beginning of this podcast. You know, it's already over. It's done. It's the end of it. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know, we, moving forward, yes. I love that, you know, uh, but I like, I definitely want to have you back on the show, sort of, sort of catch up, see where you are, see if you got this, the stuff on the tanks and the planes and, and if you're moving people hither and yon, or if you're, you know, uh, accommodating, traveling as it were, um, right. you know, the world, the world will try to bust us down. Anyone that's got the ability to stand up, speak, say anything. The world will crack you down. If you question things, if you move in certain directions, you know, it's just this, this trial and tribulation. And if you don't, you know, if you're not one to speak up for, I mean, everyone listening to the show right now is, it's very few people out there that are still trying to shit on me with regards to my actual audience. And I love you guys for it. You guys are all amazing. Uh, but there are people who catch wind of some things and, and they just can't handle it. So, I mean, it's, it's funny to be sort of in the spot that we're in right now 
in the, in the world that we're in where everyone's, I guess it seems like everyone's trying to fight to be right without realizing that if you all just sort of accepted each other um, and you realize that everyone that believes that they're right is, is holding on to something. So which theoretically makes them right. And nobody's really attacking anyone. They're just, they just don't know how to communicate properly. Like this to me, this whole massive amount of division can only lead to unity. And we're being pushed in so many different directions that eventually we're going to be pushed so far apart that we're going to be back to back again, which means we're going to be pushed right back together. So, I mean, I'm happy to know you because that plane that you're referring to is a great, you know, plan B, plan C for me, an exit strategy. If it's only four or five grand, that's an out. It's a tool. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and it's good. You know, it's the good more, that you're doing the more what you're tools doing. and all things we have, the better it is for everyone. hundred percent. hundred percent. And it's good that you're doing what you're doing um, and giving a voice to the voiceless, you know, uh, saying these things. I'm glad. I'm surprised you haven't done more podcasts talking about this because you are articulate and you do have a plan and a course of action. Uh, you should definitely. Well, thank you very much for what you're doing. Um, I think it's great. Myself, at the beginning of the pandemic, I decided that I was not going to take an active part in, let's say, organizing rallies or groups or any of that kind of thing. Yeah. I decided that I'm going to help people do what they want to do um, in whatever way that may be, which it includes transportation, it includes paperwork, it includes motivation, it includes supporting their decisions, all of that, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, we need more people doing that rather than just talking about it. Yeah. I'm one of the guys that's just talking about it, but we're, you know, we're putting people together and that, you know, I'm doing a little bit more yeah, than just talking about it. And that's a great thing. That's, that's correct. But I mean, that's not my space, right? I'm, 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 but your story, people off, do whatever. That's what I'm going to. Yeah. But so your, your, your story going. here, like when you, you contributed to this, your story here is going to help a lot of people, you know, that's uh, there, correct. Yeah, there, are sure. pe- there are people that wouldn't even know. I'll just word the title properly. So that we'll either get pulled down or we'll, <laughs> I don't think they can pull us down, but uh, they're not, I'm not, I'm not putting it on YouTube. Uh, every time I try to do that, uh, I get arrested. They, they do this whole thing and this, I'm going to leave it on this note with regards to social media. They want you to censor yourself. They want you to get warnings. They want you to get this. They want you to get, they do not want to mass eradicate anybody on social media because people will start noticing when other people drop off. But if they notice their, the people that they follow are still there, but they're just not saying the same things. They think that they've changed their mind and they think that they can move on. But this whole idea of social media, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there, if you're working, if you're pushing something, dance around the system, dance around, figure it out, mm-hmm. figure, figure a workaround because there's so many people that need to hear what you're saying. And so many people don't have the ability to speak. They want to speak. They think about it, but they just need to listen. They just need to feel comfortable because there's a lot of people right now that are feeling trapped, insecure. One thing that they're not talking about, Canada has never even, even batted an eye at mentioning is the suicide rate since the beginning of COVID. Yes. And it's terrifying. We can do a whole other hour just on that. hundred percent. We could. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it's just, it is just terrifying that, that, that we're living this, this, this fragile prison state, but seemingly as open as possible. So, I mean, the world is exactly as you want it to be. So don't, I would say to the audience, don't take a negative connotation from this. Just, just be aware and be observant and ask questions and make moves. I mean, the way I would say it. Yeah, for sure. And make moves. Yeah. And be willing to be wrong and be willing to be right. 100%. Just make moves. 100%. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on the so show, bro. I appreciate brother. what you're doing, sir. 
really appreciate the podcast and I really appreciate the work you're doing to help people out and getting the word out on, on all the topics you guys are, are, are covering. Um, I think it's very valuable for everyone. So would you say long time listener, first time caller? <laughs> Something along those lines. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it, brother. I love it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, in well, the infamous words of red green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.